0: Welcome to the Commander Theory Podcast. I'm Nick Beatman, and I'm here with my friend Zach Mack. Hello, theorists. So today we're going to be discussing uh one of the the more interesting secret layers we've seen so far. Um, this is another in the Universes Beyond series, and it is a crossover between Magic: the Gathering and Street Fighter. So we've got nine cards that we're going to be talking about today. Um, and a lot of interesting legendary creatures a lot of uh, potential new archetypes brought into the format so i'm really excited to dive in but before we do i want to briefly talk about our patreon if you head on over to patreon.com slash commander theory you can support the show and get sweet benefits for as little as one dollar a month if you aren't ready to be a patron yet you can help us out by rating or reviewing us wherever you get your podcasts all right with that let's jump into it would you mind reading off this first commander we're going to be talking about
1: yeah, so uh, we're basically going in Woberg order. So this first one is E. Honda Sumo Champion. So uh, they are a zero seven 7 human warrior for 6 mana four white-white. And they have, uh, like, uh, we first saw it in the Forgotten Realms, like, flavor text ability words. So the first one is Sumo Spirit. As long as it's your turn, each creature assigns combat damage equal to its toughness rather than its power. And it has, uh or, and he has, hundred hand slap. Whenever E Honda Sumo Champion attacks, up to one hundred target creatures each get plus zero plus X until end of turn, where X is the number of cards in your hand.
0: So, a kind of a white over. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is a really interesting one like it's it's kind of funny that the second ability almost like contradicts the first yes uh like you read the first ability and you think okay so this like incentivizes running a bunch of high toughness creatures so you're thinking like okay what like naturally has a really big booty in white but then you read the second one it's like oh no he can give things like up to plus oh plus seven i'm just gonna do that and try to go wide with it so it's really like it's not a high toughness deck it's just like a get as many bodies as possible on the board and as many cards in hand as you can uh and then e honda will kind of do the rest of the work so um yeah i i, I think that like this is basically just like a, a typical token list you do need to um concentrate on getting cards in hand there is, are of course some ways to do that in white land tax is one of the best cards in the deck um I would also run, like, Gift of Estates, Weathered Wayfarer, Tithe. um, Just these cards that are, like, put a bunch of planes in your hand. Like, it doesn't really matter the the quality of the cards in your hand, just the number. Um, And then I would... uh, I also think that, like, haste granting is really important in this list. Like, if this were a deck that naturally had a lot of high toughness creatures then it would be enough just to play Honda and like have the effect immediately and and turn your zero sixes sideways or whatever. But this isn't really that kind of deck. I think the second ability is just so strong that you really need to be focusing on that. And so you, uh, I think it needs to have like, of course, lightning greaves, haul the bandit lord, um, obsidian battle axe is something that works particularly well because he is a warrior. Um, I was even like tempted to run like ring of Vulcus, the the thing that like pumps your your guy if it has hate if it's red and gives it haste uh, i just think that you i'm certainly running like a lot of um equipment tutors to get my lightning greaves more consistently i just think you really really need to be able to swing the turn you drop him and deal like 50 60 damage to your opponents it's really interesting
1: I really like this space in white, uh the space being like the toughness matters kind of stuff, and I like that this guy is like in overrun, but it really just like the uh, six mana mono white commanders <laughs> are typically like unless you're doing really, really busted stuff like with uh was it Darian king of Kiodo or whatever um like unless you're building specifically combo in which case everyone knows that like once you hit six mana you're gonna be doing the thing um it feels feels kind of weird and then like now we have ways to fill up your hand in white but like i feel like we still need more like that's still pretty hard to do to keep your hand that full in mono white you know like to really benefit from this this buff you know because six mana you probably played out most of what you got going on
0: (laughs) yeah i would definitely like putting an esper sentinel i was thinking of going as far as maybe even running endless horizons Mm -hmm. um just to make sure that you're able to top up your hand every turn while like making your land drops and um and committing more cards to the board but yeah it's a It's certainly not easy. And if your commander is only giving like a plus two plus O buff after doing all that work, it's certainly a lot less exciting than when he's almost a crater hoof, you
1: know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But I mean, I kind of am okay with this. I I really don't want these secret layer commanders to be at the level where it's like, whoa, we're like, I just want to put this in every white go wide deck that i have you know Mm -hmm. and kind of like you said it is really interesting that like you don't really need to put a bunch of big toughness guys in because your honda like helps them so much (laughs) like Mm -hmm. it's not really like you're not gonna have to run all of your like uh what's the one four vigilances that they used to print in every other set back in the day um the guard something like that i'll remember it like you, you don't need to run these like bad creatures with like big butts just because anymore like it's just not a thing that needs yeah, to happen in,
0: in my list i'm running like Prava of the steel legion but that's pretty much like the only pure toughness boost i'm putting in this list
1: yeah there's the one um it was secret tech for a uh, D- D- door in the siege tower there's it's from ravnica it's like um, creatures get plus O oh, plus two and oh there. oh i know you're talking are you talking it's,
0: about oath sworn giant
1: yes oath sworn giant that's the one mm-hmm. that one might be good here too just because it basically is the same thing as in door and it's like oh wow look at this anthem on a creature <laughs> mm-hmm. um but yeah i'm not really looking for like three mana like like a beloved beggar was in like one of the recent sets. It's a zero four for two, but that and it, it disturbs into a Sarah Angel. But like, I'm not really looking to be running that guy. Yeah. <laughs> in this list, so I guess if you want to move on to the next commander, um,
0: this is the one that we saw first. I'm pretty sure. Sure. Uh, this is Chun Li. Countless kicks. Uh, She is 1 white-blue for a 3-3 legendary creature Uh, human-soldier. She has multi-kicker, or white and blue hybrid, so a single mana. When Chun-Li enters the battlefield, exile up to X. Target instant cards from your graveyard, where X is the number of times Chun-Li was kicked. Put a kick counter on each of them. And then she has lightning kick, which means whenever she attacks... Copy each exiled card you own with a kick counter on it. You may cast the copies and note you do have to pay the mana cost for the spells copied with Chun-Li. But I think it's really cool that she remembers spells across casts. So maybe like the first time you cast her, it's for like six mana or something You exile three things. But if those spells are good enough, you don't really need to multi kick her anymore. Yeah, that is really nice. Um, that was something that I like was
1: worried about when I was first reading the card. And when it said exile with kick counter on it, I was like, Oh, thank God. <laughs> it was like, okay, cool. This, I, I can be really into this commander without like feeling like I'm going to get blown out.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I think there's, I think it was really smart to limit her to exiling instance. Cause if you, yeah. Allowed her to get sorceries, she'd just do extra turn effects. That would kind of be the easy uh the easy win with her. Mm-hmm. Um looking at the the instance and, and also like the fact that it has to take place on your turn means that you're you're not really gonna be doing counter spells. It's mostly gonna be removal and card draw, which seems kind of like fun, fair magic to me. I think that's kind of sweet, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um so uh, it it seems like um pretty pretty fun commander. Uh one particular piece of tech that I think is really neat is show of confidence. Um, so this is one and a white for an instant. When you cast this spell, copy it for each other incident and sorcery spell you've cast this turn. You may choose new targets for the copies, and then put a plus and plus one counter on target creature, it gains vigilance until end of turn. So this is one of the few ways to like kind of Voltron with your commander. Like if you Multi-kick a few times, uh, and then you just like always cast your other spells first. Like if you go swords and then brainstorm and then show of confidence, it's just plus three, plus three every turn. Um I think that's kinda neat. Uh there's but but overall it just seems like you're running a, a bunch of removal and answers. You can do something with like maybe high tide or turnabout, but the fact that it's just a an attack trigger um really limits how well you're able to abuse that like you're not able able to easily go infinite with this commander
1: no i do think like one thing to be said is that if you're playing with a lot of instants and you turn about every time you attack like you're gonna get a lot of value off that still mm-hmm. so that's not nothing um i was looking to the one other thing is like you could a chrome as well or like kaya's onslaught off this too right like it just uh. Yes. Yes. Okay. Cool. So, like, that's pretty good to have. Like, all of a sudden, your commander is really like up in there, hitting pretty hard, uh along with your team. If it was in a as Will or something like that. So, um, I don't know. I I do like this commander a lot. I think it's cool, and I I do like the restriction that it's only instance. There's a few of these commanders we're gonna talk about where they restricted, uh, to specific card types and i think it only makes the cards better for it <laughs> mm-hmm. um because this is actually fun and like a problem you have to solve and like not super busted but like you're definitely like playing and getting value out of it so i'm i love that about it so yeah i don't know Chenli's i think is really cool it's like a cool way to make azorius that like isn't mega y or doesn't have to be mega y, You know,
0: yeah. It seems like, um, I mean, because it's centered around playing your commander and attacking with it, it's more lends itself well to Voltron, but gives you a lot of ability to interact with your opponents.
1: Yeah, which is great. Love that. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess do we want
0: to move on to the next guy? Yes. Uh, so this is Blanca, ferocious fiend, or sorry, Blanca, ferocious friend. Uh, he is 3 red-green for a 5-5 legendary creature, human-beast-warrior. Uh, he has haste, and he has rolling attack. Blanca, ferocious friend, has trample as long as you've cast three or more spells this turn. And electric thunder. Whenever Blanca becomes the target of a spell, he gets plus 2, plus 2 until end of turn and deals 2 damage to each opponent. Um, so... There are a couple cool things you can do with this deck, but I wish uh, the, the color identity is not super helpful, and I'll explain what that means in just a second. Um, so basically, because he deals two damage to each opponent, there are a couple effects that draw you cards when a creature deals damage to an, directly to an opponent. So like Keen Sense and Snake Umbra are auras. You put them on Blanca, and then um, blanca whenever you you target him again he will deal damage to your opponents you draw cards equal to the number of opponents so i think this deck is going to be running a lot of cantrips that target things sort of a lot like what zeta typically runs um and so you're just if you're able to get your keen sensor snake umbra then you're going to be able to just cast your i mean you need to solve for mana but you're going to be able to draw enormous numbers of cards. and almost like combo off because if you hit like say a powerful ritual or a way to untap your lands or something like that then you can just kind of keep going because you know you cast a an expedite and you draw four cards that's mm, I, i think you're you're pretty close to winning the game at that point um so that seems great the the biggest issue is that red green is really really bad at tutoring for these few cards that kind of win you the game Um, and other than that strategy like it's not super easy to build around blanca i mean you can run like live wire lash and i guess you can just run a bunch of like big pump spells like invigorate or groundswell um might of old and then just try to dome somebody like give blanca (laughs) double strike and i mean i guess like if you groundswell blanca he'll be an 11 11 and then if you give him double strike he'll be a 13 13 double strike and then if you cast one more spell he has trample so maybe i'm i'm thinking too hard about the combo when i should just be suggesting you kill your (laughs) opponents (laughs) punching them to death Mm -hmm. yeah that does seem like a pretty good way to build
1: blanca to me like even just, like, the um, Zada spells that, like, cantrip and, like, target things that you have, like, seem pretty good in, like, a Blanca list to me. Um, and, yeah, you, like, assuming you can protect it, I mean, we just got a new uh, protection spell in the form of, like, safe safekeeping, which not only makes him bigger, makes him indestructible and hexproof, um, like there's a few ways to keep him safe and he kind of gives himself the ability to get in there so i think i think the combo is like the cherry on the top of this guy if you're going to be casting that many spells then um then heck yeah you know like that's that's awesome and there's that one i just realized Oh, season of growth there you go
0: oh sure okay
1: Uh, so whenever you cast a spell that targets a creature you control uh draw a card card.
0: yeah oh that's oh that's pretty good yeah good yeah that's Uh, good maybe that's yeah that's excellent tech
1: that that was the i couldn't think of the name of it. <laughs> but that's something to put in there too um and then other than that it, i feel like this deck is going to be pretty random most of the time <laughs> when you when you're gone if you have the ability to play like a primeval bounty or something to like carry you along the way uh that seems good there's like a lot of the tech in green that cares about spells is like when your opponents target your stuff. So that's not like, doesn't give you yeah, a lot useful. Yeah. of build around. But I do think it's cool. I mean, the five mana commander that wants to get in there, the five mana commander that wants you to start playing your game after it's down is like a lot to ask nowadays. Uh, so I think mm-hmm. this guy is fair. But I think like the explosive games you're going to have with Blanca are going to be like super memorable uh and it will be really fun when it actually happens you know like I, I think people will be like oh geez like i got hit for like like 18 in one turn and then they killed me the next or whatever and they had so many cards in hand and blah 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 all that kind of stuff so um
0: i don't know do you want to move on to the next guy the next guy's pretty mm-hmm. cool so this next one we've got is dulcim pliable pacifist Uh, So he is 2 green-white for a 1-3 legendary creature human monk with reach. He has teleport, which means that Dalsim has hexproof unless he's attacking. Uh, He also has whenever a creature you control with reach attacks, untap it and it can't be blocked by creatures with greater power this combat. Uh, And finally, he has fierce punch. Whenever one or more creatures you control deal combat damage to a player, draw a card. So, uh you know, as always, whenever we see this type of ability, this final ability works a lot, like Timna or Grazillax, in that you can draw max one card per opponent um per round of combat. so you can cheat that a little bit if you've got like double strike um, but like sending three guys at the same player is not gonna is only gonna net you one card, and I will say like i this design is powerful, but I don't like it.
1: Um mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I, I think that like it's uh I really, really don't like that he has hexproof naturally when he comes down, so it's hard for your opponents to interact with it. And then like, sure he's like a uh sort of a reach tribal commander, but really I think you're just better off rather than having a bunch of guys with skulk i think i would rather just have a g- bunch of guys with flying and those come really cheaply like there's just so many suntail hawks out there um mm-hmm. so i think you just build this guy as like an edric uh you run a bunch of cheap evasive creatures you drop dulcim. you get in draw a bunch of cards keep going uh and he conveniently is like really hard to remove um so you just need to worry about board wipes really and uh in green white you can like run a lot of indestructible grinding things or like to Paris protection uh i i don't know how do, how do you feel about this commander i think it's like uh if you enjoy the timna grazilax type of gameplay and you wanted to do it in a slightly different color identity here's an option for you but it's hard to argue that it's like really doing something new for the format
1: no i I totally get you i think when i look at this card uh i also like didn't realize that it like didn't say uh uh what's it called reach creatures i didn't i didn't realize it, it didn't have to not have reach uh, I said that, I, I think, as most complicated <laughs> as I
0: possibly could. Let, um, let me try that. So the final ability doesn't care if the creatures have reach uh, in order exactly. to draw you the cards. Yes. Any, any yes, creature yes, yes. can trigger that final ability.
1: Yes, and that is kind of buck wild to me. So, um, the fact that that is true, uh, thank you for the assist there, um, really kind of blows me away because like I, I do think it's more fair than Timna, but I think it's more fair than Timna because Timna's three mana. Timna can I have a partner. <laughs> like it's basically the same card, just in a different color identity. And it's in green, so like you can end the game really easy, like, right? Like you're playing creatures, you're drawing three or more cards a turn. You're in white, so you have a little little double strikey guys. Um uh, but then you have like a beastmaster's ascension. Or um you can play your like uh and, and so your extra turn cards that you might have, like a uh, Drake, you might use your shamanic revelation and collective unconscious, whatever, like the parallels are there still. And it's not hard to like, let your little guys get in there in white green. And the fact that like, it doesn't care if they're small, it doesn't care if they have reach, just means that like you can overrun and still draw your cards. So uh, I don't think it's like the most interesting thing, but um, I do think it's interesting that they chose this for this creature if that makes sense like
0: yeah i i think to that expect it i don't know I, I think that like i i'm worrying that they are checking the box on like reach tribal and that this means we're not going to really see another reach tribal commander in the future because this like this is if that is what they were going for, it's just a terrible execution because mm-hmm. you don't need to run any reach creatures in this deck. Um, <laughs> and so I, I hope that that is not what's going on. I think that there is potential to, to play reach or like to, to design around reach in a more interesting way. Yeah. Um, but whatever, I'm I'm ready to move on to the next commander. If you are
1: yeah. Um, so can I read off this next one? Mm-hmm. This next art like gets me so good. I like it's so funny and good to me. <laughs> um, so this is Ken Burning Brawler. Um, this is a legendary creature, human warrior. They are a four-two for three mana, one, red, red. They have prowess, they have hybrid red-white, so just one mana. Ken gains first strike until end of turn, and they have show you Ken. Whenever Ken deals combat damage, you may cast a sorcery spell from your hand with mana value less than or equal to the damage without paying its mana cost. So, hit something, cast a sorcery. Um, I mean, this works with double strike. So whenever he hits, you cast a spell for free, or uh, basically for free, depending on how much you hit for. Uh, The prowess means that he gets bigger. So if you hit prowess, hit, you get to do increasing spells, The fact that it's a three-mana commander that can help you cheat out four-plus mana spells is pretty cool. Uh, He's white-red because of that hybrid thing, the hybrid first strike there. Um, All pretty cool. I actually really like Ken. I think Ken is a cool, like, Boros uh, sorcery commander. There's some criticisms that you had, though, and uh, I would like you to get into that before I keep going, if that's okay. Sure.
0: Um, So, I don't love that um he doesn't work well with extra combat steps effects and and maybe that was intentional but basically because his trigger happens during combat and most extra combat spells say after this main phase which means they only work if you cast them during your main phase um so casting a a relentless assault or whatever during the middle of combat doesn't accomplish anything. so that's unfortunate and I I don't really know what you're supposed to use his ability on or like what spells you're trying to cast with him. Cause just sort of looking at the suite of available effects, um I mean sure you can like sure you can. Um you know, sure you can uh like run removal spells, you can run like I think that impulse draw kind of makes sense here you can use him to cast the impulse draw and then the rest of your mana to like cast the things you are getting off of that spell and of course there's like wheels you can you can cast wheel effects it is nice that um because you're casting things without paying their mana cost you can cast like a wheel of fate um or restore balance or any of those other uh suspend cards that don't have a mana cost but it just seems like You're probably just going to use his ability to cast card draw spells um, and that isn't a whole lot of direction for your deck. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, I totally get that. Yeah, that's that's pretty true. I think there's like some cool tech is like a Chandra's Ignition or something like that. I think like something like a creative technique from Strixhaven is like pretty funny, which is a these are all like five mana um, sorceries. So like you do have to put in a little work you have to cast one spell at half time Mm -hmm. so like i think you are going to run your like thrill of possibilities because like they buff at instant speed but then um you're going to run some like bigger things you can hit disrupt quorum off of this i'm trying to find some cool stuff and most of it is (laughs) wraths, which is pretty indicative of this but yeah like seems like at some point and or there's probably some spells in here that like are cool but it does actually seem like most of them are like ignite the future like draw spells illuminate yeah. history there's some like increasing devotion that might give you like a bunch of tokens you could cast invoke justice um but, but
0: like do you really I, I don't know if this is a token deck this, i mean it doesn't like suggest a token deck you can't know it that way yeah
1: no yeah i'm actually trying to figure out what it does and it's like mizic's mastery is like the best thing i've seen so far but there's a lot of decks that do that
0: Mm -hmm. so and also um, like your mizzix is mastering your i mean just like your card drawn removal spells like it doesn't really i I don't know it it just seems like you're doing typical magic things typical like effective magic things with ken it doesn't suggest a unique um, build to me
1: yeah Yeah, I figured there would have been more cool stuff, and I was wrong. (laughs) And you know what? That's fine. I'll be wrong sometimes. Um, I still feel like there's potential there. Like, at some point, we're going to get some cool red something or other. Like, we got to, right? Like, they can't just keep printing... Deal X damage spells and extra combat spells is the only cool red sorceries, right? Like (laughs) they're gonna give us something new at some point.
0: (laughs) Yeah, one thing that's kind of unfortunate is like although there are some powerful red um some powerful red rituals, like casting most of them don't say anything about like carrying it into your next phase or whatever. So casting it in combat, unless you have a way to use all that mana from your mana geyser right now. Uh, casting it in combat won't really do anything for you
1: yeah i did notice that too there is a decent amount of rituals and stuff and and like terminus or whatever but like it seems like a lot of the cool things if you're going to try to do them are just really inefficient like and or inconsistent hitting these six mana sorceries requires like a little bit of work and maybe the work is trivial but like at the same time you'd still work you have to put in you still have to have ken down on the battlefield etc etc so I think like the coolest thing i've been able to find so far is promise of loyalty which is the wrath from the Strixhaven set which is each player puts a vow counter on a creature they control that sacks the rest that's pretty funny <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because you it pretty much lets you get in there with ken and then like everyone gets to keep whatever else um and if ken hits with first strike then like you can hit with first strike like basically wrath the board and then be like all right continue on everyone (laughs) which is pretty funny but i guess if you want to move on to the next one who is also a red white commander
0: yes uh so moving on to the next one we have uh ryu world warrior so ryu is two and a white for a two four legendary creature human warrior he has training so whenever this creature attacks with another creature with greater power put a one counter on this creature and then he has Hadoken. Uh, so which is four and a red untap discard a card ryu world warrior deals damage equal to his power to any target if excess damage was dealt to a creature this way draw a card so essentially like you attack with ryu or or somehow tap him in in some other manner Uh, then you can pay five untap him discard a card shoot something draw assuming his power is high enough at that point this seems like Way, way, way too much mana for this activation cost um,
1: <laughs> what do you mean
0: five mana <laughs> uh yeah this is this is no good like in a red white deck, you are certainly don't have a lot of mana floating around, and five is going to be like most of your tempo for like pretty much the entire mid game like and what you're getting is is fine but it's certainly not worth this amount of mana just to rummage and kill something um and never mind the fact that like the rummaging is contingent on like ryu having enough power which isn't a given Mm -hmm. yeah i uh i'm i'm not super impressed with ryu What, what are your thoughts
1: i i'm not either i think it's like really cute and people were like pretty into how cute the ability is, but like I think there's just better things to do. Uh, I, it does turn any thing into a kill spell or burn spell for five mana. Um, I do think that you can get there pretty hard with like red white. Like some of the uh, the the um, Outlast creatures are good. There's the Battle Priest. in Battle Priest that gives Lifelink when it has counters. Uh, it's pretty easy to put counters. They've been printing like a a bunch of things like agitator ants lately that uh, at the end of your turn everyone can put two plus one plus one counters so that includes you and your opponents on creatures they control and then all those creatures are goaded that's actually like a pretty easy way to make ryu big fast angel fire ignition basically the things that give ryu like power and lifelink are all very good i like angel fire ignition because you can do it twice uh that's four plus one plus one counters that's vigilance trample indestructible lifeline cased um but again it's like a lot of mana to make this happen mm-hmm. um but this just really seems like if you like ryu you're gonna make this list um and uh, i don't know i guess blade of the blood chief is good in this deck it's been a while since there's a good blade of the blood chief list <laughs> um so, if you like Blade of the Blood Chief, you know <laughs> that you want it in your deck already. Uh, Ryu might be one of them too. Like, if you're killing things, drawing cards, and putting a counter on him, that's not the worst. But um, yeah, five is a lot to draw some cards, especially when Raid is so good at like wheeling and uh, now you got all the thrill of possibilities and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it is cool that Ryu triggers all of your like white card draw that we have now <laughs> the, that we've been getting because he enters with two power. Oh, uh, sure. White's playing around with graveyards more, so that's kind of cool. You can like pitch something and then like get it back with whatever white spell meets the criteria for the thing that you pitched. Yeah,
0: yeah. But I was thinking like if you really want like a a Boros uh, discard outlet commander, like Plarg and Augusta is right there.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's definitely true. Um, and I think that's better because it comes down earlier and does the thing mm-hmm. faster. I- I'm still upset that Plarg. Is, <laughs> is is a white back side like always always will be trolled um but i don't think there's nothing i think ryu is just like weak is kind of what i'm saying like you can play your fell retreats you can you can get some things out of ryu that are kind of fun i just don't think it's anything like anything super crazy i've yet to like see something that made me go Oh, cool. And if you, honestly, if you at home have found something that looks really good and cool and sick, like please let us know because it can't be the case that like sort of truth and justice is like one of the cooler things to do in this list. Like there's got to be, it's got to be more, right? Mm-hmm. Something's got to, something's got to be there. But I guess on that note, let's keep on moving. We only got a few more and, don't want this episode too long
0: i guess as a bonus episode <laughs> sure uh yeah so this next one is zangief the red cyclone and and am i pronouncing his correct his name correctly? Zangief, yeah yeah okay uh zangief the red cyclone uh so he is two black red green for a seven four legendary creature human warrior he must be blocked if able and as long as your turn he has indestructible and finally, whenever Zangief deals damage to a creature, if that creature was dealt excess damage this turn, that creature's controller sacrifices a non-creature, non-land permanent. Kind of ignoring the the last ability for now, um, and I guess the first ability. He looks like <laughs> a Zergo. Uh, like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're so, definitely
1: true. <laughs> it's definitely right.
0: <laughs> yeah, so like having seven power, um, being indestructible on your turn. Uh, and of course, having a red color identity immediately makes my mind go to like Yokel house or Devastation, um, just these red things that like blow up the entire world, but leave Zangief untouched so that he can go on, go about just hitting your opponents three times.
1: Mm-hmm. I think that's definitely true. I think it's funny. This deck gets a lot of the Zergo tech, but it's kind of better than Zergo because Jund I think is yeah. like stronger than Mardu like eighty yeah. percent of the time.
0: <laughs> yeah, like you know? you're missing you're missing a couple of like double strike graners, but like just having green greens color pie green like ramp or whatever is yeah way way better.
1: Re- green ramp green card draw. Like you're playing a five mana commander in green, which gives you access to uh, Rishkar's expertise. And I'm so oh, bad at card um, names
0: today. Return of the Wild Speaker. Return of
1: the Wild Speaker. So like. Boom, there you go. You're drawn, Drawn a lot of cards. Uh so that's not a big big surprise. That that might be a little bit better than Zergo who has absolutely none of those <laughs> things available to him. I don't know. I think this is cool. I think if you liked Zergo but were frustrated with Zergo, you might like Zangief more. is kind of mm. what I would say. Not only are you going to draw cards because he tells you to, you're also going to get to play magic because you get to ramp into your five mana seven powered indestructible commander so
0: enjoy that one yeah it is kind of funny that like all you really need for a commander to be interesting is like seven power and indestructible is like okay you know i can work with this like yeah (laughs) there's so much text on this commander that doesn't matter and that's kind of true for zergo as well like who really Bother to keep track of the counters on Zergo. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. not why I'm playing this guy.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm not making Zergo bigger with counters. I'm just killing my opponents. Mm.
0: And, uh, that- if, yeah. If Zergo is like being blocked, then you've, you've messed up somehow. You gotta,
1: <laughs> yeah, go back to deck. the drawing board there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: and I think with that, like, there's really not much to say. It's like a lot of the same tech, like you already mentioned, Yoko Hops and stuff. So I think we can get to, um, the next commander
0: for for uh, a very different color identity <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yes, yeah, so this is guile Sonic soldier um, he is a four four legendary creature human soldier for one blue or sorry one red, white, and blue so i almost <laughs> I almost read that in the wrong order um, whenever guile sonic soldier enters the battlefield or attacks, put a charge counter on him or remove one from him when you remove a counter this way choose one sonic boom guile sonic soldier deals four damage to any target or flash kick guile sonic soldier gains a lifelink and indestructible until end of turn this is interesting it's it's difficult to really work with um this ability like it it only triggering on etb or attack limits how well you're able to mess with it like like sure you can blink him but then he loses any counters he already had um and attacking is something you're only ever going to be able to do on your turn so farming it sounds like a challenge and while there are a bunch of ways to like grant charge counters to things typically those cards only put them on artifacts so it's a little harder to to charge him up with like your core tapper or power conduit or whatever um what are what are your thoughts on guile um
1: i i don't know this i i actually like guile a lot more just because like uh to me like the juice seems worth the squeeze it seems like fun to actually just like mess around with this creature um so extra combats in this you get all of them here and and you get the best extra combats of all, which are just time warps. Um, so that's like a funny thing to do. Uh, you can proliferate the counters pretty easily in these colors. Um, you can give, uh, uh, Guile like various abilities. He gets like two of the best ones on his own. If you are able to proliferate the counters. Okay. It is just one. I had to make sure that I couldn't take two off (laughs) at the same time. um, but this just seems like a, if you like playing around with your commander, he's like fiddly. Uh, he gives you some like hoops to jump through. Um, and you're in Jeskai. So like, honestly, when I see Guile like this, I think a lot of like Shu uh, Yun or um, uh, Elsha without the combo. These like Jeskai commanders that like use spells to like get in there. Adelie's the Cinder Wind. Um that's kind of what I see when I see guy all like a little tricksy guy who likes combat. Um, and I know some people like that. That's like, honestly kind of appeals to me too. So it seems fun, uh, even though it doesn't seem very powerful.
0: Yeah. I, I think that like maybe this just, maybe this design just isn't for me, mm-hmm. but it seems like it just seems like so difficult to to pull anything off. And I just yeah. like that, like God giving him indestructible. Well, I guess you can like. If you give him haste, you can like give him a counter on ETB attack. Um, I don't know, shoot something or, yeah. or maybe even just like put another charge counter on him. And then the following turn, you can kind of just do the same like Zangief gameplay, like giving your commander indestructible, even when it is like this difficult and fiddly. Is potentially a way to win the game. The only difference is that like Guile has four power instead of having seven power, so it's it's going to be a lot more challenging to win the game from the position of like the only permanent on the battlefield is Guile relative to to hmm
1: Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I mean, I will give you that. Like, he can't like give himself double strike or anything like that. Like it's kind of one of those things where it reminds me a lot of like old commander. Like if Guile had come out like seven, eight, nine, ten years ago, this would have been crazy because like part of old commander was like, if you don't die, you win. Mm-hmm. Um, it took a little while for people to realize, like if I win, I win. <laughs> uh-huh. If that makes sense, like casual players, um, in general overvalue, like staying alive as opposed to like progressive, uh, play patterns and that's what guile reminds me of oh i get to attack so i'm like technically progressing the game but i give them lifelink and indestructible so i can just hit you and like gain some life and stay alive and um i think we just have cooler better tools at this point
0: for yeah something like this one thing i want to point out also is just like i don't think there is a lot of promise in like every other turn type gameplay like even doing something once per turn is often just like not good enough in commander anymore because of how short the games are like if you're playing uh like if in your meta it's like eight nine turns and then the game's over okay you play guile on turn four and then every other turn you get something cool like like how many actual triggers will you get off of guile (laughs) assuming you're not doing anything like super fiddly and roundabout um, how many actual triggers are you gonna get on him before the game is over?
1: yeah, yeah, not who knows? yeah, not anyway, not a lot. Hey, hello, everybody. It's Zach at the end of the episode. um, so a few things up front, so uh, this episode is a little bit short, and we were originally intending this to be a bonus episode, but uh, life kind of got in the way, as they say, but I'm popping in now basically to talk about, um, well, we assumed that there's going to be a bonus card, as there normally are in Secret Layers, and we were told that the bonus card was going to be really cool, and we were expecting it to be M. Bison, um, one of the big bads from Street Fighter, a famous character on the internet for multiple memes, and we got to the card... And it's Hadoken. It's just Lightning Bolt with a reskin. I was pretty disappointed at the time. I think in some ways it is cool that some people, like, specifically for more competitive formats will have, like, a Hadoken Lightning Bolt they can use in their decks. Like, I've come around that it's okay. Um, but there are a few f- theories of why M. Bison wasn't in the, the set um, of these Street Fighter characters. And like the most compelling one is just that the name is different depending on where you are in the world so um m bison is called vega in japan and the spanish matador's name is balrog um but these names were switched around in the international editions of the game due to fears from a lawsuit from mike tyson's representatives when the game was released in the u.s which i think is pretty funny but uh, basically, M. Bison is a different character in Japanese. Balrog is a different character in Japanese, etc., etc. Vega, They all got mixed up. I still don't necessarily think this is a problem. Like, everyone are... like, Well, not everyone, but this just would have become a thing like we're talking about right now. Um, and it would have been cool for Commander players for there to be a Bison. Like, the meme potential is off the charts. But that's not the world we live in. Um, I do want to also give a little bit of an update uh, just because looking through the decks again with a little bit of hindsight, we recorded this pretty much as soon as the cards were, uh, unofficially spoiled for everybody, just a little timetable. Um, and looking at the cards now building with them, seeing what people have done. I am a lot higher in Ryu. This is just Zach saying this. Um, and I'm a lot, lot higher on Blanca. Um, but for the most part, uh, Anyone who lets me play Loxodon Warhammer again and it's good, I'm like more okay with. So I'm actually higher on Ryu now than I was and lower on Ken than I was. Uh, Not that that really matters, but just if you were wondering. Um, Last thing for the episode, we're going to have some new stuff coming that we're working on. Um, But like I said, life kind of gets in the way sometimes. So we're going to have some new stuff in the feed. We're going to um, release some... Kind of more heady podcast we're gonna try and get some more interviews for everybody, but on top of that um i I don't talk about a lot in general, so i'm gonna put it in to this episode right now uh one of the other things I do not doing this podcast is actually play music um and I'm in a band called the have nots spelled h a v n a u t s like astronauts or cosmonauts um but like a cool little play on words Uh, and we wear pink and we play punk rock and uh we released a song kind of at the end of last year and i'm gonna play it for you it's only like a minute 40 seconds because we're a punk band so if you like it check us out i'll put the link in the show notes if you don't like it i totally get it this is a podcast about magic the gathering and not about uh my band and music and stuff so Cool. All right. Uh, hmm. <laughs> so uh, that's it. Thank you all for listening. And we will talk to you all later. Goodbye.
0: If any of you theorists want to get in touch with us, I am at Commander Theory on Twitter and Tumblr. And Zach is at Fat Bartleby on Twitter. Our theme song is Lincoln Continental by Entropy. And you can check them out on SoundCloud. Until next time, we're going back to the drawing board.